Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a fantastic week. This week was pretty special because Luke from Winter House <laughs> launched a beer that was infused with his maple syrup called Happy Dog Lager. And uh, the launch happened in Minneapolis, where you guys know I am from. And Brian Benny from Family Karma was in town visiting. He too got a chance to meet Luke's family. I mean, at this point, I feel like Luke has brought every single person he knows on Bravo to Minnesota to meet his family, whether or not he is romantically interested in them or not. And I'm wondering where my invite is at this point. (laughs) I'm going to be in Minneapolis in a few weeks anyhow. Speaking of family karma, I am so obsessed with this show and I find so much delight from it that I know I haven't been covering it as much, but I kind of, I save it to watch when it's cold out and I can turn on my fireplace and cozy up under the blanket and cuddle with my dog and watch it. It is just heartwarming for me. It it feeds my soul. And I am loving this auntie drama. It is so real. I mean, if you've ever had conversations with your mom or your aunts or your grandmas and their group of women that they're friends with, there's always some conflict happening at some point. And I find it to be so much deeper almost than what's going on with the younger people on the show, because these are friendships that have gone on for so long and families that have known each other for so long. And to see Reshma not want to actually address why she doesn't like Dharma is is just so funny to me, because some people just don't like to have that direct level of like communication. It's very you know, like a New York communication style versus a Minnesota nice style where you kind of avoid the things that are uncomfortable and you don't want to say. So you would rather just slowly stop being friends with someone rather than tell them that what they did that annoyed you. And it's just, I don't know, I find it so interesting to watch. I also am really enjoying watching Amrit and Nicholas and Amrit's family navigate having a gay Indian wedding and what that means. But also, I feel for Nicholas trying to figure out where he fits in with everything because they're doing so much from, you know, the Indian culture and his family isn't as involved. And it sounds like they're very private and maybe still quite uncomfortable with the fact that he's gay. But a lot of it seems like they're not big on being on TV. And so I just I feel for him. And then when Amrit was saying, oh, if we have children, they should take my family's name because it would mean a lot to my dad. And our my family's the one that's more involved. I just I felt like that was not great. And I really felt for Nicholas in that moment. And I hope they're able to continue to communicate. And, you know, I know wedding planning is really stressful. 
but I'm really excited to watch their wedding. I think it will be absolutely beautiful, but I just, I feel for Nicholas and where he's caught in all of this between his family and their family and different faiths and different backgrounds. And, you know, he doesn't want to feel like his, who he is and his background is erased just because his family is less involved in both the wedding and, and the show. In other Bravo Liberty news, we saw Reza this week going after Kyle Richards, saying that she was the most overrated OG housewife. Um, I just don't understand why she took the bait and responded to him, saying like, oh, your show has been canceled and you were the first one voted off on traitors. And I don't know, it just doesn't seem very like her. And I feel like in order to have like a level head and not go crazy in this Bravo universe. You can't always take the bait. But I also know that, you know, the Bravo sphere lives for it. They love like a back and forth on Instagram. And, you know, she gave him that. And then Reza, I think, went pretty low. And he was like, well, at least my family likes me and my sisters talk to me or whatever he said. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's true, <laughs> but it was really mean. Um, and speaking of Reza, I am absolutely loving Traders, and I'm not someone who likes competition shows, competitions in general, you know, and this show is just so fun and enjoyable to watch. I'm loving getting to know other people on the cast. And it was just so enjoyable watching Brandy and Kyle from Summer House and, of course, Kate Chastain. Absolute legend. So if you guys haven't watched it, I really, really encourage you to. It's it's a great show. It's on Peacock. Peacock is like the least expensive of any of the subscriptions for streaming that you can get. And I think it has some of the best content. You can go back and you can watch like every episode of Married to Medicine or Housewives or Old Vanderpump Rules. And then there are so many movies and other shows and stuff like that. I, I think they're making really great content including The Real Housewives of Miami, which I loved this week's episode. I am ready for everyone to see how fantastic Dr. Nicole is, both as a housewife, but like she's such a smart woman. And I love seeing intelligent women battling with wit and all of that on these shows. And she's absolutely right about Larsa. Larsa has not worked for anything in her life. She is who she is because of who she married. And so she doesn't really know what it means to work for something on your own to do it without the help of a partner. And I don't think she values education very much. I mean, she put down Dr. Nicole's ex for being a teacher. And, you know, that's as if that's like not good enough. And she's constantly talking about her kids success in sports, but never really in education. She's like, it's for her, notoriety is everything and sports brings notoriety. And so I just loved Nicole calling her out, sending her that mirror, you know, like, let's hold her feet to the fire. And of course, all the OGs support Larsa all the time. But it makes absolutely no sense. Like she went so she crossed the line when she said that Dr. Nicole slept with half the hospital. 
because this impacts her job day to day, the job that she had before Housewives and the job that she will continue to have after Housewives. And this job means so much to her and she worked so hard to get where she is. And I just feel like when it comes to people's place of work, you you just you can't go there. It reminds me of how Cameron Westcott and her family were accusing Tiffany Moon of drinking and then going to work the next day, insinuating that she was drunk while, you know, giving anesthesia to patients. Like there are some things that are just too far. And and I think going after someone's place of work, especially a medical doctor or a nurse or a teacher or something like that, you just don't do it. And Larsa went too far and I hope she learns her lesson. Um I am a little bit concerned, though, when Dr. Nicole was talking about how she was juicing all week to try and fit into her dress for the engagement party. You know, it just shows that, you know, disordered eating spares no one, right? Like even a medical doctor uh, part is partaking in something that's, you know, not healthy. It's it's so that made me sad. But she is uh, really incredible on the show, and I, I really love her. And I feel so much for her with her dad and having her dad show up and everyone being like, oh, he's so charming. He's so funny. And I'm sure he is when you don't have to deal with him as your father. But, you know, when the party ends and he's still partying and you want to have an actual face-to-face conversation about something serious, I don't think he's ever really there to do that. And and I feel for her. Um. Speaking of smart ladies on The Housewives, Dr. Wendy gathered Mia all up this week. I was so here for it because when she argues, she's so clever about it. She's quick about it. And she was kind of calling Mia out and like, well, do you know the definition? Because this is the definition. And, you know, and, and I really enjoyed watching her. I can see how if you're on the show with her, it does feel like everything is a debate rather than a conversation. But after what Mia did to Wendy, I think it does deserve to be a debate rather than a conversation. So um, my gosh, I just really enjoyed her this episode. And we're going to get into it so much with my guest. But um, I also did want to say that I do feel very deeply for Sharice for, you know, she did mention um, that she lost three brothers and her mother even before COVID. And then during COVID, she lost her father and a sister. So she's lost many, many, many family members. And I do not want to discount that and how painful that experience must be. I'm just saying that when Karen is pointing out that Sharice brought it up on camera, how, oh, I was there for you when your mother died, that that did seem to be self-serving and not necessarily, I could see how Karen would see it not coming from a a genuine place, right? Because if it was genuine, why would you need to say it on camera? Oh, man. Um, And also just like with Sharice, I feel like she went so low this episode with talking about Karen going to rehab and friends bailing her out of rehab. What do you mean bailing out? Like once you're an adult, if you're not court ordered there and you end up in jail, like 
you can leave on your own accord. You don't need people to bail you out. And to talk about rehab and being, you know, the town drunk of Potomac or whatever she's been saying on social media, that just talks about um, addiction and substance abuse in such a negative light. And I just don't think it's something to gossip about if it's especially if it's true. And um, Karen does struggle, though we have not really seen that side of her too much. I just feel like it's a really nasty thing to to be sharing as if like, oh, this is the real Karen and everyone, every this character that you're watching, that's not really her. Well, we know that, right? Like she's playing up this whole grand dame thing and we find her entertaining, right? And we do not find as a Bravo watching community, Sharice entertaining, which is why Sharice has no longer been on the show since what, season two? She's not entertaining and it doesn't matter if she's the one that got the whole group together or not because she's not watchable. You know, thinking back to when Summer House was created, I remember reading about it and it was actually cast around this one person who never even ended up making it to the first season of the show. She was friends with all of the people who had fantastic personalities and who popped in front of a camera, but she herself didn't. And, you know, like sometimes people just don't work well in front of a camera. And I feel like Sharice is one of those people. I just don't find her watchable. All right, guys, time to get to this week's guest. I had such a fun time talking with Elle Murasaki. She is hilarious. You guys probably know her from the TikTok and Instagram account, Housewives and Chit Chat. She also has a show on Roku TV, whose name I mispronounce because lately I've been mispronouncing everything. So I'll let her tell you all about it. I am just, I had the best time. She's so fun. Need to get her back on the podcast. She's just full of opinions and energy and she's fantastic. Go give her a follow at Housewives and Chit Chat on Instagram. As always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. And if you want to reach out, you have comments on this week's podcast or just anything that's going on, please do. You can reach me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. Hope you all have a great week and take a quick break and then back with Elle. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Elle Murasaki from the Instagram and TikTok account Housewives and Chit Chat, where she posts recap videos that are so funny and so clever. And I believe she also has a show on Roku TV called No Bystanders TV. How are you doing, Elle? And explain to me, what is this No Bystanders TV? So it's Nosy Bystanders TV. That is the network. 
network. Yes, on Roku, that is a network. My show is House of Marisaki, and it's the real, real Housewives side of <laughs> Housewives in Chit Chat. So Housewives in Chit Chat on Instagram and uh, TikTok, we recap the real Housewives shows. We talk there. Um, and then House of Marisaki is like that real integration because I'm actually a housewife. Um, so just... Real life on that side, the real, real housewife of it all. <laughs> I love it. So do you have to have Roku in order to see it? Or if you have like a smart TV, can you get like a Roku app? Yes. So you okay. don't have to have Roku to get it. You can have um, your smart TV. Like your, I have Fire Stick in my bedroom. And then so I just downloaded the Roku app. If you're downloading the app, you do have to go to the site and kind of add your channel first. So you can go to my website, elmarasaki.com and hit the second tab, Nosy by Sanders TV, and that'll take you Nosy. straight to the website. I don't know why yes. I thought no by- <laughs> No, <laughs> Stephanie Hall, she um she really got her like quote unquote claim to fame on TikTok. Um, she does amazing deep dives into different uh sometimes they're real life people and real life stories and true crime and uh things that are happening to just normal people, and then sometimes they're big celebrity stories, but she just does these full breakdowns and she kind of she gets to the facts, like we were saying earlier. You can say something a hundred times doesn't mean it's true. So she she'll, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And she follows the smoke and from there she got this huge following and she wanted to start kind of giving back into the community because unfortunately tiktok doesn't always favor people who look like me mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and so this is a all black woman owned and operated network um and then all of the content creators on the network are all people of color they're all black men and women um just getting giving them an opportunity giving us an opportunity to kind of achieve the same level of success that some other influencers get we to all together when we started in October and I don't know what the new check-in is but all together in October we were pulling in 3.5 million followers if you totaled everybody up and there was only 22 creators that is incredible I'm right um notoriously not on TikTok so I like people will send me TikToks and I like it's it's hard for me to follow sometimes. But <laughs> you're like, I, I know I don't it's, get this. it's such a cool like social media platform, you know, it and, and it's so different from Instagram. And I like the I like that you post them on Instagram, though, because that's how I came across you. You was, have to thank Danielle for that. Oh, Danielle Brands by Bravo told you to start yes. posting on Instagram? No, she did not even tell me. She threw me into the water. So I was exclusively on TikTok. I didn't even know that a Bravo sphere existed outside of TikTok, like at all. That's how green I was to it. Oh. She she saw one of my videos, reposted me to Instagram on her page, and then DM me on TikTok like, um, hello, I couldn't find you on Instagram. Like, you need to make a page. <laughs> like do it now like you know and so I went and I made my page housewives and chit chat and like reposted and it's the rest has been history over there on Instagram that's incredible I mean that's how I found you I was like oh she's clever she's funny she's got opinions like (laughs) let's get her on the pod so yes don't want to waste any more time Uh, we need to dive into Potomac it was my favorite episode of this season yes It was so good. It went so many places, but I want to start at the beginning. Karen versus Sharice. We thought we saw a lot 
in the last episode where they're banging on the tables, but we actually mm-hmm. get to sort of the meat of their dilemma and difficulties with each other, where Sharice is talking about how she went to Karen's mother's funeral four hours mm-hmm. away. Karen said she poked her head in the limo. And then her Karen said her aunt told her as long as she never brought this up on television, she was coming from a good place. And then we've got Sharice giving digs right and left. Like, well, I went to support her because nobody else was there. <laughs> My girl, okay. please pipe down. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Sharice, you know, eyelashes everywhere? <laughs> and um, and then the Grand Dame. My... My initial thought, like, if I had to give you one word, is sadness. <laughs> like, just complete <laughs> and utter sadness, okay? I have been a Potomac girl since day one. Um, and then Candace came on, and you know my history with Candace. So I was like, okay, this is, like, the perfect mashup of both worlds. Like, Potomac, like, Sharice was that girl. She got the girls together. She was building the champagne room. She didn't, like, the room pick on vacation. She upgraded to presidential here for it. Love it. Okay, she's gone. And now she's coming back. And I thought we were getting fully divorced, champagne room. I put this group of girls together. Sharice, like, that's what I thought we were getting. Instead, we got the sensational wigs and the polyester shirts, and I'm really confused as to what's happening now. With Karen and their beef, I feel like you know sincerity when you feel sincerity and you know when people are social climbers, when they're social climbers, like they, they, it's just their energy. They exude that, you know what I mean? So for some people to say like, Oh, she stuck her head in the limo. Like we've all done that at some sort of funeral ceremony to just say, Hey, like, how are you doing? I'm here. I'll see you at the repast or whatever the case may be. But when you know the energy of that person, you know what that comes across as also. Why did we need to mention that? on tv right because if you were just going to support your friend whether it was because nobody else was going you were the representative whatever you drove four hours to go support somebody that should have been it to me that's the equivalent of like going live when you give a homeless person some money it's like yeah okay (laughs) but are we shaking tables over it though like that's where that's where they lose me I think Karen was going, trying to be dramatic, but I 100% am with her and felt it in my bones when she later said in the episode, my grief is my mother, right? I lost Mm -hmm, my mom. mm -hmm. I know what that feels like. And I know what it's like to have friends show up from very far away to come and how my my mom died right before Christmas. So it was a big deal for people to... To, not this year, sorry, like seven years ago. No, but but, but still, my condolences. Yes. My yeah, my best friend, you. her mom passed right before Christmas in the same situation. So I, and, you know, and it's like it was in Minnesota. Empathize. It was you know snowing, and I wanted to make sure people could spend Christmas with their family. I don't celebrate it, but a lot of my friends do. So I thought it was right. incredible that on like you know December twentieth, people were there with me. Now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since that time, there's only one person who's ever brought it up as sort of to like hold it over my head. And that is so hurtful when you're like, well, I came to your mother's funeral. 
why would you bring that up when we're talking about something completely different? It's like, it's sacred. And if you do it to show up because you want to be a good friend, you don't need to talk about it. Then that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. And so I honestly, I'm sorry for you for that, like that you even had to experience that energy. Like, I'm so sorry. It was (laughs) it was it was someone who probably had that energy always. And I just I don't know, made excuses for it. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But it it was such a hurtful thing because it's like, why would you like people try and uh, never mind when friends try to hold things over each other's heads. I'm not about that, and none of my friends do that anymore. Right. But when you try to hold that over, like I'm the be- a better friend to you, or I'm such a good friend to you, uh, that's such a, a horrible feeling. You know? I don't know what it is in me. I don't know if it's the astrology of it all, just my personality, whatever. I can compartmentalize, and little things like that for me, would have just been a checkmate moment. I would have never, and I get Karen says her grief is her mother. So how that manifests, how how that comes out when she's triggered by it is not for me to police at all. But if it were me having never been through that situation, I would have never let Sherry see me sweat in that moment. Because as much as I notice it, she knows she's bringing it up. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so it would have really just been a checkmate moment for me. Like, hmm. I know your poker face now. Like, I know your tell. Like, you know? And I would have just played it that way. And I, listen, I can have surface level conversations with the best of them. And she would have never gotten anything deeper than that for me. And it would have just been a moment like, yeah. Elle did what? Like, every time I see her, she's talking to you. Like, what are you you saying? We would have just been playing a game. Something that you argue back. You're like, okay, you did that. Thank you. Gotcha, girl. Yeah, that's what, you know, and then you can pick that nugget up and put it in my pocket. To not be friends with them moving forward or to not have them as close to you. Um, now, I had never heard this before, and maybe it's I forgot from earlier seasons, but Sharice mm-hmm. brought up these rumors that Karen had been put in rehab, who knows by who, and had to be saved or like by her friends to get her out of rehab and then they went to go party. I mean, we've witnessed this woman on television for seven years. Have I ever seen her appear? And granted, there are a lot of people who are functioning addicts, alcoholics, have, you know, difficulty with certain substances, Karen has never identified herself that way. So why on earth would you try and out her if that's true? Also, if it's a rehab for or some sort of, you know, for like mental health, that's even more like, why are you trying to make it seem like there's a problem with someone going to rehab for any reason? If especially if you're supposed to be the queen, right? You put these ladies right. together. You're supposed to be the queen. You you're on this pedestal. Like that's what you do on your pedestal. Number one. Number two. If it is alcoholism, like you said, I know people who battle with alcoholism. Okay, we've never se- we've seen Karen drink on the show maybe one time. What what was that trip? Monique was oh, still on the show, and they were in the basement the, like- of the house. Oh, that time was crazy. Yes, when she did all yes. those shots. Also, when she was trying to teach people how to make out with their husbands. Yes, to control the tongue. Okay, <laughs> right. So those are the two biggest moments. We know their film schedule, okay? And now the first thing with addicts, 
of any kind is they need their fix, right? Mm -hmm. Karen would have never been able to film the hours that they film and not switch up because Mm. she needs the alcohol. You feel what I'm saying? Because if she was functioning, she's going to come to set lit and it's going to wear off and she's going to get cranky or whatever her tell is when she headache, whatever it is, right? We've not gotten that extreme personality dip from her enough for me to say that that's what I mean, like, and I'm no, like, I'm certified to do this. I've been, (laughs) you know, but we would have seen it in some capacity and for her to be on as many seasons as she has to have a spinoff, like she's been in the light too much. Um, But Sharice was low for that. Sharice was low for that. And it's reeking of desperation. It is. And no one else like bit. No one else was like, yeah, I heard that too. They were all just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, my, I think my favorite moment of the entire episode was when Karen is like, I can't even go to Safeway now. And then Mia's like, why go to Safeway? (laughs) Why are you going to Safeway? And it was of no explanation either. Like, also, how did she run you out of Safeway? Like, a whole grocery (laughs) store chain? Like, (laughs) you can't go to any of them? Like, is there a particular one that you like? Like, I need clarification at the reunion. And I hope they got that. Uh, I hope they got that. Dang, I should have. I wish I could have submitted it to Andy. Like, ask Karen why she can't go to Safeway. That, oh my God, that... (laughs) Mia said, I don't give an F about anything else, but why? Like, hold why on, can't why you go to Safeway? And then Wendy was laughing at Mia's joke because it's funny. Wendy, by the way, was an MVP of this episode. And I oh, have not been her biggest God. fan. But if she God. shows up like this, this is a Wendy I want to see, right? Address her correctly. <laughs> Hello, this is a Wendy that I want to see. And this is why, this is why I always say people deserve two seasons. They shouldn't just get one, right? It should be an automatic two season. When we met Wendy, Dr. Wendy, people like you call me Dr. Wendy. She was like in the middle of postpartum, like in the middle of it. And like, as a woman, that crap kicks your butt. Even when you think it's not like, (laughs) it just be beating you up and you're not, who you really are you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and so I think having now been here past that first season and then to have the second season to kind of shake it off and then to come back I like the Wendy that's clocked in this year and I feel like had we had she not been in the middle of postpartum had we gotten her just like you know as herself this is the Wendy we would have got first season I I like so I really do I feel like she was trying to project a certain type of personality or persona, you know, when she was first on the show. And I actually really liked that personality and persona. But it's mm-hmm. clear that that's not necessarily like who she is. That who was she an is, element yeah. of her, but it wasn't all of her. And I wish she would come have come with all of her the first season. But it makes sense that you know, with postpartum, I wasn't even really thinking about that because I thought she was so fantastic the first season. But I'm like, why did you change? You know, <laughs> what, happened? what happened? To me, I, I don't know. Like, you know, that saying like, um, uh, what is it? Money yells, wealth whispers. Yes. 
I Dorinda this, loves to say that. <laughs> I feel the same way with like education and with like you know what I mean intellectual mm. and so I that's where she kind of lost me like you're a doctor you're smart whatever that's going to come through in your conversation that's going to come through in how you carry yourself you don't need to remind people but I also don't like that from like people that I know in real life like I know people who are like no doctor such and such and you're like if you could just take the stick out of your ass for one second <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> although who cares i'm a huge fan of women who have gotten higher degrees making sure that they are called doctor in the workplace oh and, for sure for and sure on invitations to formal events because yeah, a lot for, of people in are like formal oh, a, settings right because it's like they're you're not a real doctor and i'm like no you got a doctorate you are a real doctor. You, you work may not be for a it. You paid for medical it. You doctor, it. but if the only doctors that you ever in, like interact with are medical doctors, then there's a whole other realm of academia. Oh no, for sure. With, but like, if know? we're at like a backyard barbecue, and I'm like, oh, oh man, this is this is Sophia, and then Sophia goes, Doctor Sophia, like it'll be your last invite. Yeah, <laughs> like actually, not with a red cup in your hand. I feel the same way, and I, this is going to be controversial, but this is just how I feel when you're meeting friends' parents, even as okay. a child, and it's like, oh, well, I'm Mrs. Slutsker. Like, don't call me Debbie. That I know, you know what? I know culturally it's different mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm. lot of different cultures, and I respect that. But in some, not sometimes I feel like it's a way to make children feel like less than or uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. my mom would always just be I'm like, big and you're small. Yeah, mm-hmm. like call me Debbie. Like she wanted, you know, she also worked with kids. So she wanted people to, she wants to be approachable. And I don't like when people, especially as adults now, when you meet someone who's older than you and they like attach their, you know, I'm Mr. So-and-so. I'm yeah. Mrs. So-and-so. You're like, okay, we're all adults now. Like, can we not call each other by first names? Like, what's the deal? Like, what are we doing? No, in our, like, I don't I don't want to say like in, in black society because like we're not monolithic, but in the spaces that I grew up in, it's the same way, but it's like with mom. So like you'll meet somebody and they'll be such and such and, and you'll Mrs. Such and such or Mr. Such and such and you'll go mom, dad. And some moms will be like, don't call me mom. Like or I'm Mrs. Da, 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 da. Like it's that correction yeah. or it's the mom who is like doesn't like when their kid calls somebody else mom, but she's mom to everybody else. It's that that oh, like you would call someone else mom, even though they're not your mother. It's like yeah, your like I would, mom. I would meet your mom, and we'd be good friends. And I'd come to your house, and I'd be like, "Hey, mom!" Like you know, not like obviously I'd introduce her as, but if I'm walking in the house, I wouldn't say like, "Hi, Mrs. Luther." I would say like, "Hey, mom!" Like, oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's not what people would just be like, hi, Debbie, you know, but a lot of people would say, hi, Mrs. Lutzker. And my mom would be like, no, that's my mother-in-law. I'm Debbie, please. Like, don't make I, me no, feel old. Absolutely. No, but I, my family is definitely big on whatever you introduce yourself as. That's whatever you, you tell me. Mm-hmm. That's it. If you say Bob, it's Bob. Like, even if you're an adult, if you say Mr. Bob, then it's Mr. Bob. Whatever you tell me your name is, is what I shall call you until you tell me something else. <laughs> No, you bring up a really good point about Wendy, though. She was flexing her education in a way that I should have clocked it as insecurity. But instead, I clocked it as like other people were making comments about it. So she felt the need to 
claim it as something amazing and like overdo it a little. I didn't read it as insecurity from Wendy in this particular sense only because I know um, people who are first generation American from African families. And I know what that education piece is with the same thing. I don't know if you watch Married to Medicine, but Audra from Married to Medicine constantly telling us that she's a lawyer. Well, at first I said with Audra, I did say insecurity, right? But then her age flashed across the scene in one of her things. And I said, this woman is 32. She already has a seven-year-old. She has her degree. She passed the bar and she's actively working in her field. Like she did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it goes, even if you listen to Tiffany Moon's story, obviously she's not African, but the same thing. She she hit all of the milestones. So in those spaces and in those cultures I've seen firsthand where that is so heavy, it's the same thing. Like, no, make sure you get that right on the invitation. Like, <laughs> You know right. what I mean? Like I, I am and I did it. And so like, why isn't everybody clapping? <laughs> right. It's, it's, you're so used to having to prove yourself. But when she, when you said like, you know, money talks, wealth whispers, and the same with education, like you don't need to tell everyone how smart you are, how educated Absolutely. you are. I feel like if Wendy was more secure in who she is as a person, which I don't believe she is secure, that's not like a, you know, a dig. That's just like, you know, how many people are secure with who they are, right? Like, hello. And especially and if people you on are, shows. where did you buy that? <laughs> and do, do you have a referral link? I would love that. <laughs> but, you know, like she shouldn't always feel the need to to share and tell everyone how smart she is. And I do think that is what irks some of the other women like Robin and Mia mm-hmm. and and they feel like she's talking down to them as opposed to you know her yeah and she's what always I in, in teaching a lecture but right. I I think also we we've seen that from her right she told her mom like she doesn't want to be a professor anymore like she she wants to begin to phase out of what she's doing and so it's that insecurity of like I don't want to be here but this does it define me and again when you work so hard so fast for something and you get it in this concentrated time it's hard not to attach it to your personality so then the idea of letting that position go while we say it's just a job it's her personality the idea of that and now there's this internal struggle and now there's a camera with mm-hmm. 1.7 million views a week. Like, <laughs> like you said, duh, she's insecure. <laughs> like and For sure. For um, sure. And so we're seeing it. Okay. Switching gears here. Would you, if in this situation, had the opportunity to do some sort of sensual yoga in the direct sun or hang out with Karen by the pool in the shade, what would you choose to do? I am going to hang out with Karen by the pool in the shade. However, I am going to ask if we could rain check the sensual yoga. yoga. Like I'm down for the idea of that, just not like that. Because I like I actually know that it's rooted in practices and stuff, which intrigues me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I would like the opportunity to experience that from somebody who is certified to teach in a setting, just not with those girls in that setting. Oh, for me, it's the direct son. I was like, hell no. Why? 
<laughs> How do you do anything in direct sunlight? <laughs> I'm like a ghost. I would turn completely red. You're like, fuck all of that. The yeah. sun. Did you miss that part? Did you miss that? <laughs> and someone made a comment about it. Like, oh, right here. I think it was Giselle. Like, in the sun? It's like, yeah. And I did oh, yoga I'm- in Mexico last year when I went on a girl's trip. And I made sure to be as far into the shade Really? I'm the, I'm the girl. I'm like, I'm moving the, the chairs on the beach. Oh, no. I'm always in the shade. The only time I'm in direct sun is when I'm in water. I was in Turks and Caicos moving on the beach, the private beach, the resort, moving the beach chairs. Like, I need more sun. My whole girl was like, there's no way you're serious right now. And I was like, big me. I just, I don't know. It's just like my, I like see direct sun and I think like, overheating and cancer <laughs> just like, i see direct sun and i think i'm gonna fucking tan so good like, <laughs> <laughs> no and one of my best friends like loves the sun she just like always loves she's almost like a reptile like how much she loves just basking in sunshine yes, and oh i God. just love being outside but i prefer shade always <sighs> We have a hammock in the backyard, and when it was warm and when it was nice outside, uh, one morning I woke up, I, I took my book, best of intentions, took my book, got in the hammock. He was watering the, the garden and stuff. Baby, went to sleep, okay? right. The sun <laughs> was right on me, and yep. I was not, he went in the house, came back out, and then finally he was like, I, you've gotten the vitamin D now, let's... I was like, okay, but do I look darker? <laughs> Did I tan? Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. And I don't know if I've ever shared this in the podcast, but when I was 15 years old, Exclusive. I got cast in a very small synagogue production of West Side Story as Maria. I live. <laughs> <Okay>. Already. <laughs> and since she was Puerto Rican, I thought I needed darker skin. So I went to the only time I'd ever been to a tanning bed, did not go well, came out pretty red, and uh, they had to put like makeup all over me to fix it. Because you were a raspberry. Because I I wanted to be like Maria. And then it's like, I should have just been like, well, we're all Jewish. Clearly, none of us are either sharks or jets. But at the time, (laughs) that one one didn't come to your head. (laughs) I'm dead. Oh, my God. And, like, if you want to know what a small synagogue production of that looks and sounds like, you can ask my dad, who will say it was absolute shit, and he hated having to come to home. No <laughs> No, way. he was nice, but he would, like, as I got older, he would be like, like, it's not amazing, right? Like, it's right. not, like... Because my school had such good musicals, like my high school, and I got to be in one of those, but I was only a stock of corn in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat during the dream scene. You should hear my dad. He's like, oh, go see my daughter, stock of corn. She's on two minutes. (laughs) I have lived. He's like better than synagogue shit play, you know? Like... Like That's most parents like, love to like, you know, tell their kids that they're perfect and that they're amazing even if they suck. And like my dad's like, you're not great at that. <laughs> no, I'm hollering because my parents are the same. Like they are not like 
Oh, yay, that was good. Like they, yeah, you, you were, you, you practice, you practice that you wanted it to come out like that. Right. Oh, okay. And so I used to, <laughs> I was in tap dance when I was young. I did um, oh, ballet, jazz mm-hmm. and tap dance. Okay. The only one that stuck was jazz. I was not a ballet girl. I was not a tap dance girl. Okay. They come to the parent day or whatever before the rehearsal and all, I mean, before the recital and all of that. And my mom is literally squirming in her seat because I'm just that bad. Like she's, and I don't see her squirming <laughs> at the time, right? Don't see her squirming at the time. And so we come out, we talk and she's like, oh, you know, how, how, how do you think you did? Whatever. Oh, that's home. the best. That's <laughs> my mom would do that. Well, how do you think you did? Family dinner. <laughs> and my mom is like to my dad, like, let me tell you about your daughter. <laughs> Had me squirming in the seat. And I literally grew up hearing, like they would tell like at parties and stuff, like that was the piece. Like that was the <laughs> moment of how bad I sucked at tap dancing. That was like probably two weeks ago. And I still had to finish the season. Like there, there was no <laughs> ambiguity. <laughs> It was more this stuff I heard. It's my dad. It was more when I was like 17, 18. So when I was younger, he wouldn't do it. But like once I was old enough to be like, you know what you're good at. I'll tell you what you're good at. I will like praise you. But my dad over praises. So sometimes it's hard to like know what to take seriously. It's just especially (laughs) to women in his life. Like he would tell my mom that she was the best cook and she made the best chicken and she would just roll her eyes. And she's like, that's like objectively not true. You know, and <laughs> like you're lying to me. Like I'm looking at you lying at me like that. But he that's crazy. to him, it was like the best thing ever, you that's know, so sweet. And so now he'll like say like really nice things to my stepmom and like she'll like do some sort of art thing. And he's like, oh, you are a perfect artist. Let me hang in the house. And, you know, and. Oh. And she's just like, I don't know, like, <laughs> just trying it out, you know. I was just, it was a test run. <laughs> yeah. And he no. loves to give, like, with my brother, he hyped him up all the time. And recently, I was like, why were you always talking to my brother and, like, telling him how amazing he was, how athletic he was? And he was like, because he needed it. Like, he was yeah. like, less. I like, knew you were going to say that. He literally was like, you were pretty sure of yourself. <laughs> Like, that's not that's not the like, type of love you needed. That's not what you needed. <laughs> no, my parents were like, so we're we're done after this season. Okay, but no, you should do that though. You're really good at that. Like, <laughs> right. And you know, it's it, it over here. He was the one who said you were very talented with your voice and podcasting mm. is something that you should think about. He did say that. So Good my voice mom told work. me that I should be a lawyer because I needed to find somebody else to argue with because she wasn't the one. That's hilarious. At four, like if we just needed clarification. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. They go- Fun times for her. <laughs> <laughs> These women head to a cenote. It looked mm-hmm. awful. The mosquitoes. No, I mean- it looked beautiful, but it sounded like it was cold and it was full of mosquitoes. And I couldn't stop laughing. And I actually texted him when this happened. I don't remember if it was Wendy or who asked this, but asked Ashley, are there parasites in here? And she's like, no, it's good. Um, Jeff Epstein, who people know from Instagram, um, he went with his family in November to Mexico and they went to Cenote and he came back with some terrible bacterial infection that literally took like a month to clear. (laughs) 
Listen. And he was like, I could barely watch this. And I was like, I thought of you when they mentioned the parasite. (laughs) Which isn't the same as a bacterial infection, but you know. No. 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 So I, born and raised in Jersey, and then my family moved to Georgia, right? So my personality is like Southern grandma meets Jersey woman. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's that where the Venn diagram overlaps, if you will. And the Southern in me says, I ain't getting in them goddamn hot tubs, them cenotes, baby. Mm -mm. I would just to get away from the mosquitoes. And I love water, but... Mess around and catch something you can't wash off. No, thank you. Mm -mm. (laughs) Your friend's story is my fear, is my exact fear. And now, see, now the Jersey in me kicks in. And when somebody else asks me why, I'm like, no, because I heard this story. (laughs) If If the water is moving... The problem is when it's still. But when if water is moving, it's usually not particularly harmful, like in terms of that kind of stuff. But I'm always thinking about <clears throat> like if you like travel in Southern Africa, you know, there's there's crazy like schistosomiasis. I remember like in grad school, I remember having oh, to draw yes. the life cycle of all of these parasites that only were in lakes in Africa. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. My mom went to Liberia like, mm-hmm. and she came back with a bladder infection. <laughs> I, I know she's somewhere like, uh, I love that my daughter's telling this on a podcast. <laughs> Let's not send her to link to this one. Especially if you go in water, you just got to be super careful. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. All right. So my f- actual like favorite dramatic and and interesting part of this episode was Ashley and Candace seeming to sort Mm -hmm. of come to an understanding and especially Wendy stepping in at at the point to be like, so I spent time with both of you. So we Mm -hmm. got, you know, Ashley to say that she brought Deborah around because when Michael was out in them streets or whatever people say, she wishes she had a chance to talk to the women that he was engaging with. And this was the best thing I've ever heard Candace say on in her history as a housewife. Uh, No, that was big. Wrote it down because it was so fucking good. She said, I think a lot of the way you think about relationships is because the relationship that you are now out of had toxic notes and trust issues. My hope for you honestly is that you receive a relationship where you don't have to feel like oh, I need to know if a bitch is talking to my man. That's not what it should feel like because I don't need to know that because I know my man. And I I literally was like that gift of Drake standing up clapping because, I mean, it's, it's so true. Like to know your partner, to know what you're in, to know the type of love you accept, to know the type of love you give and and be secure in that. Like there's just nothing off kilter that you could make up and tell me about my man. And I'd be like, oh, gotta vet that source. I know that your source is a liar. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. need to confront. I don't need to confer with anybody. <laughs> and that's the difference is that I don't think Ashley has ever been in relationships where she felt secure. So she thinks that everyone else experienced and Giselle is the same way. These women seem to think that all men cheat. And that's yes. not true. That's not. <laughs> Cat Williams had a joke uh, on one of his Pimp Chronicles or something. And um, 
he said, stop telling these people that men ain't shit. When what you mean to say is all the men that you fuck with ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good point. Like, it's so true, though. You you happen to choose people, and maybe it makes sense for you to figure out why you're attracted to these people. But don't say that this is the case for every woman, you know? No, and and not that either one of them, Ashley or Giselle, get a pass. But I think the thing to remember about Ashley is that she's been with Michael since she was like 24. Yeah. So a lot of what she's learned about adulting Mm-hmm. And moving around in those particular spaces is through the lens of her relationship with Michael. So I felt like what Ashley, I mean, what Candace said to her was so big and so mature, um, especially in the face of still the friend being around. You know what I mean? And what they chose, not even being around, what they chose to perpetuate on camera. Like we're still in the middle of that. And to be able to have words as kind as that was actually very, very big. And I also believe in, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I can I can watch you from this distance. And I like that. I want them to be friends. And I I feel like there's so much there that would be so fun and right? they could really learn from one another and each other's experiences in life. It you know, yes. it's not like a- Ashley has nothing to share. And when she said that she was still harboring some resentment to Candace because of how insensitive Candace was around her miscarriage, that is also very, like, valid, you know? And sorry. I'm so sorry. I think that that's valid. However, that Candace insensitive insensitivity story is one of the storylines we've never gotten officially to the bottom of and they didn't touch on it fully at the reunion that year and it pisses me off. Ashley told Candace and the group that she was not drinking because she was trying to conceive again and then proceeded to drink the whole season every time we saw her. Candace spoke to that. Can right. we argue that that wasn't her place? Absolutely. But I personally, and I've never been there, so I don't know, but I don't deem that as insensitivity. I think it was the the clip that they showed where she said crocodile tears and, you know, she when she took the mic at Monique's baby shower, uh, that felt insensitive. It just yeah, did. That, and, it did. It did. Um, there's no need to comment on it. And I think Candace knows that. You know, especially yeah. now and what she's been even if you with. felt like they were crocodile tears, like that's just that's under just, the umbrella of things you don't talk about. Yeah, it's just not worth it, you know, at to all. Try and determine how sad someone is about something. It goes back to like going to someone's mother's funeral. You just just leave it. Just leave it. <laughs> Let um, it be. <laughs> do you think Robin's going to get married? No. Do you want to expand on that? I don't think Robin is going to get married, I think, before this lawsuit that's looming. Um, I think they found a way to coexist and they make money and they're raising their kids together. And there's no reason at this point to join something on paper because that's all they would be doing at this point. Um, It works why try and tinker with it now when it comes to this lawsuit um i just don't think it would be in the best interest of her business and i also think that people need to be very clear when they're talking about this lawsuit right so 
Juan didn't do anything to anybody. He didn't catfish anybody. What he is at fault of is is not firing somebody or addressing his staff when he should have clearly. Um, the thing that will be determined in court is even if he said you're fired, does he doesn't own the team. Like he still has a boss. So that mm-hmm. I think some of naming him in the case is some of maybe the the victim's legal team trying to make sure that it gets the resolution that it deserves. Because again, even if he would have said, yes, you're fired, he would have never told that student that's not this place in terms of Mm -hmm. career. And then he would have still had to go and give it to the higher ups. And then they would have still had to do whatever they had to do. So I was surprised that, the lawsuit isn't going after the university because that's who has the money, right? And since this is civil, it's only about money. There's nothing Mm -hmm. else you're going to get out of this. No one's going to get jail time, nothing like that. So I I don't really understand the reasoning behind going after and naming him in a lawsuit when the university is right there. But maybe because they know that he's not going to be able to have as good of a defense as the university. And that's exactly what I was going to say. If yeah. you're if you're thinking about traction and na- nowadays you have to hold court when you're when you have that status, you have to hold court in court and in the court of public opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the university has enough to squash it before we would have ever even heard about it. <laughs> like truth be told. So if you want your story out there, if you want people to know that there's monsters in the water, you kind of have to go for the middleman on the chain. Um to make sure that the story is heard and what happened to that young man is crazy. I personally made a choice on my um, social media not to talk about the case because the victim stated in uh, the victim statement that he had considered harming himself with all that was going on in the way that the university handled that. And I think that when you're dealing with a victim who has already expressed that their mental is shaky you don't need anything to pile on to that. And I don't mm-hmm. think that my voice in that particular situation would help amplify the story. Therefore, mm-hmm. I would just be another voice that when he opened up his phone and saw people talking about his situation, that's kind of just barreling on. And I didn't feel like anybody's mental needed that. I really respect that. Um, this is kind of a hard pivot. <laughs> <laughs> No, no easy way to transition. Um, but, but so they get together for dinner again, and people are trying to go after Karen. And mm-hmm. what I was surprised by is that production and Bravo left in an entire conversation that was about the show. They almost never do that. Never do that. And you know, talking about how Karen, you know, Sharice got the whole group together and Karen wasn't originally on her list. Mm-hmm. And people kept on saying, oh, well, you're jealous or you're upset that it was Sharice that got everyone together. I mean, are you shocked that they kept conversations about who started Potomac in the actual show? Um, In this particular situation, I wasn't because... Housewives of Potomac wasn't supposed to be Housewives of Potomac. So, A, if you remember, there was a house, Real Housewives of D.C. It had um, no, that we woman don't need in to her go back there. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> husband who crashed the correspondence dinner yeah. um, and some people it didn't it, I think it only did one it season. wasn't the correspondence dinner it was an official state dinner so it was physically at the White House the correspondence dinner is at the Capitol Hilton absolutely you're right um, but yeah I think that they only did one season I don't think yeah, they did it, two like the FBI had to was gonna, <clears throat> was step in it was yeah, gonna it, it was, was gonna be like Jen Shaw times 10 um, but my point in saying that is Sharice was putting together a show that was supposed to be about um, kind of the Jack and Jill society mm-hmm. of it all. Um, the, Which the high se- most people aren't familiar with and I only learned about through Taria. Would you be able to give like a 20 second yeah, explanation? So, uh, Jack and Jill is kind of when you think about like a debutante situation or whatever, Jack and Jill is kind of a high society for um men and women or families of color to kind of introduce their children into the social network and that spirit teaches them how to network teaches them how to etiquette formal dinners all of that you do um internships and outings if you will some some cities some places have what they call mocha moms and it's just really high society for for black uh, families because we typically don't get allowed into the other high society um spaces that aren't specifically for black women or for black families uh so that's what jack and jill is um travis scott was in a jack and jill program in houston it's it's just it's elite you know if beyonce wasn't film doing a singing group she probably probably would have been in jack and jill as well just a, a little elite circle but um they were supposed to do a reality show she was pitching a reality show about that was supposed to be a high society Jack and Jill type situation. And then uh, Real Housewives of DC didn't make it. And we were looking for another city and all of that. And so it pivoted. So I feel like that's why they let that in because that piece is known just like it's known for OC was supposed to be behind the gates. And that uh, the reason that we have reoccurring ensemble cast members is because Vic, the audience took so well to Vicky. They were supposed to switch out every season like real world. So they tend to leave those known facts in. Um, where it got murky for me is it feels like when Giselle got her contract this season, they handed it over like this. <laughs> We're giving you this contract. If you don't deliver this season, th- this is your last try. So you better, whatever you have to do to bring it, you better bring it. And then she took the contract and, you know, the person like holds on to it tightly mm-hmm. and they're like, bring it. So I feel like Giselle in that moment, if anybody has to be the queen, then it's Sharice. Okay, cool. Because Karen calls herself the grand dame. Totally not the same. The, the queen would never even have a grand dame on her court. Like that's not a... <laughs> it's not a real position. thing. Why are they so annoyed it's, by it? It's fake. Like, it's I can so go around fake. saying I'm the grand dame of U Street because that's where I live. Like who cares? It doesn't mean anything. And it's also, it kind of takes balls, too, because in the definition, it alludes to it being an, an elderly or older person of status and stature. So, like, you have to be even of a certain age. Right. And Sharice is very clear and very intent on saying they're not the same age and she's old. So, like, what are we even arguing about and why is Giselle in it? <laughs> uh, everyone's trying to take down Karen or, like, poke at Karen because I think... Maybe she hides more some of the other than some of the other women. Um, she hides more, but she's also the only one on that at that table with the spinoff. You know, you you yeah. could you could butter up, or you could try to get cut. Like I don't know. I, to me, I'd be playing it more like Candace and, and Wendy. Yep. 
with with the the hope to be on an episode of the spinoff. Like, hello. And speaking of Wendy, you see her really standing up for herself in a smart and clever way with Mia. You know, they're going toe to toe. She is mm-hmm. like putting it right back on Mia. And um, we find out that Mia slept with Peter's girlfriend prior to Peter even meeting her, which is Mm -hmm. interesting tea. I just think Wendy really held her own. Now, I know you have to get going soon, but wanted to know if we could ask a couple questions about Salt Lake and Miami briefly. Let's do it. So for Miami, um, do you think Julia's dog is actually a service dog? I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> kidding. no that's, I don't. That's Literally, that's the last thing. I My alarm went off at 12.50 to come do the podcast. My husband sees the dog and it, I'm pausing. It literally says service dog on the thing. My husband goes, that big ass dog ain't no service dog. <laughs> and I look at him and I say, I was thinking the same thing. Right? She just wanted to bring, she wanted to bring him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you get a chance to see the like n- what Nicole did to Larsa? Sending I the saw mirror? the the memes and the everything of it all, but I haven't gotten to that scene yet. Okay. And I, I, Do you have thoughts on it? We're going a little bit hard for the ex husband of it. Like the, the I just I know then it then evolved because Larsa made the accusation and that is dangerous because Dr. Nicole, Dr. Nicole does have a real career, um, quite like Dr. Brennan on Married to Medicine LA. But the sit down where it started to me, the starting point was weird. Like, I think Larsa made it weird. You've made some digs at my my teacher husband. And like, yeah, she was being shady, but like. I think I'm not the biggest fan of of Larsa. I think not at all. Right. So I think she was not sticking up for her ex. I think she's sticking up for the profession of teachers and anyone who doesn't find themselves making tens of millions of dollars a year. Right. As like when people get divorced, it's hard and you don't have to have, you know, and all Larsa goes off of is, do you know who my ex is? Do you know? Well, for right. 23 years, I was... Da, 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 da. <laughs> and, oh, and then Scotty Jr., he's in the NBA. He's trying to get an end. You know, it's like, shut up. Like, what is it's your It's all status own, with right? her. She's... But it, it's yeah. like, it's also like, okay, like, consi- consider the source. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Larsa is just like... <sighs> I live for this. Did I live ex- for did someone you more actually from her? Like, you know? going after her because there's so much to go after and everyone just kind of, I don't know, I think especially because the like OGs from Miami are friends with her, we have to rely on the new people to actually like hold her in check. And so True. I, I, I just feel like going that. after Larsa is low lying fruit. I mean, not that I want to see any, like, I don't want to see Dr. Nicole beef with anybody. So, so if it has to be somebody then Larsa, but it's just like, you didn't you didn't do much work to get that. Like, you know. <laughs> Ooh, and you follow then, Martha. Um, Salt Lake. So we find out that Jen Shaw is not doing a one-on-one sit-down with Andy Cohen. And she claims it's because she didn't get to decide the terms of the contract or who edited it or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We all know she's trying to wait for a book deal where she can make money off of this. What Hello? do you think? the future is for Jen Shaw in terms of the Housewives fan base? Do you think people will still 
be trying to follow her life while she's in prison? Or do you think people will actually say good riddance? Um, I feel like the, the fans that matter, the fans that have the numbers to disengage if she were ever to come back, um, they're done. And I feel like they would disengage. But I do unfortunately know that Jen has a, a true and real and loyal fan base even to this day. Um, and so for that, I think that we're not done with her. I I, I think the Bravo camera is going to be there. If, if Housewives is still a thing in six and a half years or three, however long she does, I think the Bravo camera is going to be there as soon as the gate opens. And I say that, and my supporting evidence is the episode when Andy, on Radio Andy, where he spoke about having the cameras rolling there and he wanted to go have a sit down with her. This is when they were trying to make it happen. After they talk about that, he goes on this rant about how fans keep asking him, you know, wh- what, where do we stand with Jen Shaw? Where do we stand for with Jen Shaw? And Jen Shaw has been arrested or, you know, has been convicted. So like, that's your answer. And Andy is literally like yelling into the, the mic. Like he goes on this rant and it's a side of Andy that we don't normally get. And it's like, thou does protest too much because you know that as viewers, we want you to say, Jen is not getting the Teresa Judice treatment. We are severing ties with her. We, you know, we won't be renewing contracts. You know, that's what we're looking for. And instead you're saying she's been convicted. We're clear on that, Andy. We want to know, will the cameras continue to run? Like, you know what I mean? And so I think that's my evidence. I think the decision about that is much higher than him. And oh, so, for sure. you know, Solely. I'm not sure he can speak to that or would want to pin it on somebody else. But he let it if you have if you have the opportunity to listen, he let yeah. it slip show a little bit just because, uh, you know, Andy's been in the camera for so long. You yeah. kind of we don't know him, but you can, you you know, you get pieces of his personality, put it together. And I'm like, I, I, I see you. It's all fu- so funny that I think he thinks of himself as someone who can actually hold her feet to the fire. Whereas I actually think it would have to be, you know, an actual... Anybody but him. <laughs> like, a, a, just like a true journalist or, I mean, I'd rather have someone in an attorney, like, ask mm-hmm. the questions because she's so clever at how she talks around things and doesn't answer um, or just flat out lies and it's okay to point out when someone lies. Yes. Yes. This is not consistent. (laughs) People seem to think that like the term liar is the worst term in the world on housewives. And it's, it's just, if you tell a lie, then you can be called a liar. Does that mean that you lie about absolutely everything? Probably not. Could we be called liars? Sure. (laughs) We've all lied about something in our lives. So they just are like, well, I am not a liar. Like, Okay, so like anytime you tell a telemarketer that you're in the middle of dinner, like, and you're not, you're like, like it's okay, you lied about that. (sighs) Try not to make it a habit. (laughs) I don't know these women. I just, I think we all want to see some sort of remorse from Jen Shaw, and I just don't Mm -hmm. know that she is capable of that as a human being. I I think there's like 
like, remember how Jennifer Aniston said about Brad Pitt when he started dating Angelina Jolie and they posed for that magazine that he's Mm -hmm. missing a sensitivity chip? I think a number of housewives are missing sensitivity chips and that's there's probably a diagnosable condition related to that. But Jen Shaw is the most of the most. Like she she is the ultimate true victim at all times. No one is more victimized than her. And I I don't know. And it's it's weird. It's weird to watch and it's also fascinating to watch, which is why we can't look away. But I think (laughs) I mean just today I realized that I had still followed her on Instagram and I unfollowed. So I think we can all take a uh, you know, deep breath and click unfollow and say, you know what, we're not on this roller coaster anymore. You're going to federal prison, and I hope you learned something there. Yeah, enjoy. Have the day you deserve. Even though our prison system isn't set up to actually like, rehabilitate, <laughs> but that's a whole nother episode. It's uh, well, well beyond my expertise. Um, well, Elle, thank you so much for joining. Tell everyone where they can find you, your website, your Instagram and TikTok handle, your Roku TV show, all of that. Yes, you can get everything on my website, lmurasaki.com, E-L-L-E-M-U-R-A-S-A-K-I.com. Um, the second tab is Nosy by Sanders. That'll take you to the website for the show. You can get to my TikTok from there, which is Housewives and Chit Chat. Same name on Instagram. Oh, thank you so, so much. We'll definitely have to have you back. I will put yes, your anytime. website in the show notes. So for anyone listening who's like, I really like that girl, go ahead, check out the show notes. I'll link to her Instagram. Yes. I don't know how to link to TikTok. I will put her website. <laughs> it's in all there. good. It's all good. <laughs> TikTok is the first tab. Nosy Bystanders is the second. And that is it. We have new episodes coming the first Tuesday in February. And so I'm excited. Woo woo. Oh my gosh. First Tuesday in February. That's like yes. when we're expecting Vanderpump, Summer House, yep. Jersey. The, um, Jersey, wow. everything That's is gonna there. That's going to be quite a week. It is. I'm daytime TV though. So our episodes premiere at 10 a.m. So if you have work from home or if you're a stay at home mom or whatever the case may be, you can turn it on during the day and then I won't get in the way of your evening watches or you can watch it on Friday. I don't know. Just watch it. <laughs> Everyone, go check it out. Well, thank you so much. And we will chat soon. Yes.